section fifty four of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds agnes vernon and her father we must now return to the cottage near streatham where we left the beautiful and artless agnes vernon with her father the moment the old woman had quitted the house mr vernon turned towards his daughter and taking her hand said my dearest child how came you to admit a complete stranger into your presence in so unguarded a manner as i had never seen her in my life before dear father replied the charming girl i could not for an instant suppose that she had any evil intention in visiting the cottage because having done her no harm but my beloved agnes interrupted her parent kindly as he made her sit down near him as he also took a chair i have often told you that the world contains many wicked people who frequently harbour the basest and most infamous designs towards young women who are pretty and unsuspecting as you and this mrs mortimer as she calls herself may be one of the class i have alluded to i am sorry indeed that i should have acted in a way to cause you any displeasure my dearest father said agnes her eyes filling with tears but you do not understand me my sweet child again interrupted mr vernon passing his hand affectionately over her glossy hair and pure polished brow i am not angry with you indeed it would be impossible to experience any irritation with such an amiable excellent girl as you are but i am alarmed lest evil disposed persons should seek to do you an injury and therefore i recommend caution and prudence on your part i cannot comprehend how the old lady who was here just now could possibly seek to harm me said the amiable agnes since i have never harmed her and on the contrary treated her with the respect due to her years and her afflictions what did she tell you my love inquired mr vernon agnes forthwith related in her own natural simple yet agreeable manner the entire conversation which had passed between herself and mrs mortimer her father listened with earnest attention and for some minutes after she had ceased speaking he remained absorbed in deep thought you are not pleased with the incident of this evening said agnes at length and speaking in a timid voice as she gazed with anxious fondness on her parent's pensive countenance once more i assure you my well-beloved child she responded that i am not angry with you but you will perhaps be somewhat surprised to hear me declare that i do not believe one syllable of all the old woman told you in the great world agnes there is no such thing as that sentimentalism and sympathy which she professed to be the motives that led her to visit the cottage ere now i detected her in two falsehoods and i have every reason to suspect all the rest but was it not natural dear papa for her to be desirous to behold once more the scene where she had passed many happy days with her deceased husband inquired agnes 
oh i can well understand such a feeling and i therefore honoured and respected her for entertaining it yes there are a few generous hearts that would experience such sentiments observed mr vernon for perhaps i was too hasty ere now in the sweeping condemnation which i levelled at what i termed the great world at the same time agnes you must not judge the world by your own pure and unsophisticated soul and would to god that experience might never be destined to teach you other lessons than those which seclusion and good training have already inculcated would to god that you might never be compelled to look upon the dark side of human affairs have i other lessons to learn other teachings to undergo other experience to acquire beyond what i already know asked the ingenuous and candid agnes alas yes and in a variety of ways responded her father with a sigh you have as yet seen only one phase of the world that of tranquillity serene happiness and peace you have not even heard the storms of that world in the distance hitherto your life has been passed under the most genial influences and you know nothing absolutely nothing of what may be termed life again i say therefore how deeply how earnestly it is to be wished that your mind may never become acquainted with the bitter teachings of vicissitude or misfortune i am already well aware my dear father from my historical studies and from the perusal of the books which you have selected for me that mankind pursues many and varied conflicting interests and that gain is the chief object thus sought after but i am still at a loss continued the beautiful agnes to understand how people can be wicked enough to injure others who have never injured them and when the infliction of such injury can confer no benefit upon the individual who was guilty of such flagrant wrong suppose for instance that this mrs mortimer who was here just now should in reality entertain some evil design towards me how could she possibly acquire any personal advantage from the pursuit of such conduct you are as yet too innocent oh far too innocent if not too young to understand these matters said mr vernon gazing with all a father's affection upon his beauteous and artless child neither is it for me to remove the film from your eyes in this respect and yet dear papa she observed with the most endearing amiable naivete if no one will point out the shoals rocks and quicksands to me how can i possibly avoid them you see that just now i erred by receiving that person too frankly too cordially and the old man who called the other evening too said her father with a smile now do you not perceive my dear child that there is something suspicious in these two visits which indeed appear to have some degree of relationship to each other and perhaps had the same instigation i cannot conceive that accident should send two persons hither separately and at a short interval on the same pretence unless they were acting in collusion that such an accidental coincidence might happen i admit but prudence worldly prudence my love makes us look suspiciously upon such events and i confess that this is the light in which i view the present occurrences the woman represented herself as the widow of a general who had lately died in india 
now i happen to be so well informed on these matters as to be enabled to state most emphatically that no general officer of that name has existed for many years past finding herself at fault in respect to her first assertion your visitor endeavoured to make good her tale by means of a second but the falsehood was equally palpable in this latter case now therefore my dearest agnes do you comprehend that there are good and just grounds for suspecting the motive which led her hither is it possible that persons can be so wicked exclaimed the young maiden it is alas too true replied her father and therefore you cannot be too much upon your guard in respect to strangers i wonder that mrs gifford did not represent to you the impropriety of allowing the old man to force his way into your presence a few days ago both mrs gifford and jane spoke to me on the subject after he was gone said agnes desirous to rescue her two servants from blame but i fancied their timidity had made them conjure up visions of thieves and housebreakers and i only laughed while they remonstrated then you now perceive dear agnes that they were right in the observations which they undertook to address to you said mr vernon yes and i am sorry that i did not listen with more attention answered the amiable girl in future my dear father i will allow no one to enter the house unless he or she be the bearer of a letter from you this is precisely what i could desire agnes exclaimed mr vernon and you will afford me unfeigned pleasure if you adhere to this resolution you know that i will do all you enjoin even without questioning your motives observed agnes command and i obey my dear child the word command exists not in the vocabulary that i have to use when conveying my wishes to you so dutiful so good so willing are you agnes that i have never had occasion to speak with imperiousness or harshness to you you do not even question me concerning those matters which might naturally awaken your curiosity and your interest it is sufficient for me to know that you desire me to dwell in this seclusion said agnes and as you have exerted yourself my dearest father to surround me with every comfort every element of happiness i should be indeed ungrateful and unjust were i to seek prematurely those explanations which you have promised to give me when the proper time shall arrive and that time is not so very far distant agnes said mr vernon two years more and i shall no longer have any secrets from you but while we are thus conversing i forget that it is waxing late and that i have not even as yet begun to account for the sudden and unexpected visit which circumstances have compelled me to pay you this evening agnes now regarded her parent with some degree of suspense for his remark had brought back to her memory the circumstance that he had never called at so late an hour before and moreover that this was the third time he had visited her within the week in occurrence at variance with his ordinary habit my dear child said mr vernon speaking in the kindest tone possible i am compelled to leave england on urgent business to-morrow leave england repeated agnes tears starting into her eyes yes my beloved and i regret to add that my absence may be of some weeks duration paris is the place whither this sudden and unexpected business calls me and though i shall be away from you 
yet will you ever be present in my thoughts and i shall write to you frequently but how many weeks shall you be absent my dear father asked agnes the pearly drops now chasing each other adown her cheeks eight or ten my child responded mr vernon but at the expiration of that period you will be certain to see me again remember agnes that far longer intervals than this have occurred during which we have been completely separated yes my dear father when i was staying in the country with my governess who is now no more interrupted agnes unable to stifle her sobs but ever since her death i have seen you frequently far more frequently because i removed you to this cottage which i purchased for you and which is so much nearer to london than was mrs clement's abode at st albans however my sweet agnes compose yourself cheer up and wipe away those tears i cannot bear to see you weep he added his own voice growing tremulous two months or two months and a half will soon glide away and i shall bring you a number of presents from paris you spoil me with your kindness my dear father exclaimed the beautiful girl throwing her arms about his neck and embracing him tenderly i am afraid that i must cost you a great deal of money for you are always buying me something new but then you are very rich are you not dear papa thank god i am and for your sake cried mr vernon returning her fond caresses the time will come agnes when you will learn how powerful a talisman in respect to happiness is money some of the books which i have selected for you inculcate maxims against avarice covetousness and selfishness while others even go further and endeavour to prove that a moderate competency is more compatible with true happiness than an immense fortune can possibly be but i much question whether the authors of those works would not have leaped at the chance of giving the truth of their assertions a fair trial through the medium of experience in respect to the possession of riches such books however do good they infuse salutary thoughts into the mind although the influence thereof must inevitably become subdued if not altogether destroyed in proportion as the individual advances in worldly knowledge and finds worldly interests crowding upon him riches my dearest agnes may become a blessing or a curse according to the manner in which the possessor uses them and by this observation i believe that i shall have opened a new field for the exercise of your reflections and good sense oh you have indeed my kind father exclaimed agnes but to return to the object of your visit this evening may i express a hope that the business which calls you to paris is of no unpleasant nature by no means my love answered mr vernon smiling affectionately upon his amiable daughter and now i must take my departure for it is eleven o'clock you will remark dear agnes the advice i gave you relative to the visits of strangers for i should be unhappy indeed if i thought that your artless unsuspecting character were likely to be the very cause of exposing you to peril you may depend upon my prudence in future dear father said agnes and i am rejoiced that you have given me such timely warning oh who could have thought that the old man who seemed so deeply affected and the woman who spoke so tenderly of her deceased husband could have harboured any sinister design it is really enough to render one suspicious of everything and everybody in future no my dear child you must not fall into the opposite extreme cried mr vernon hastily because 
for instance a mendicant to whom you give alms should turn out to be an impostor do not argue therefrom that all destitute persons are rogues i do not wish distrust and suspicion to take the place of your generous frankness and amiable candour but i am desirous that while preserving the artlessness and ingenuousness of your disposition you should at the same time adopt those precautions which common prudence suggests and now my sweet agnes embrace me and then retire to your own chamber for ere i depart i have a few instructions to give to mrs gifford whom you will please to send hither to me the beauteous maiden once more threw her arms round her father's neck and covered his face with her kisses and her tears then having received his blessing a blessing which he gave from the very bottom of his heart she reluctantly tore herself away from his arms and quitted the room in a few minutes mrs gifford the housekeeper made her appearance she was a woman of about fifty-six years of age stout respectable-looking and with a countenance in which honesty and good temper were alike read as plainly as the words in a book on entering the parlour she closed the door carefully behind her and then her demeanour suddenly became profoundly reverential as she advanced towards the father of her young mistress mrs gifford said he in a tone of friendly confidence i am about to visit paris and therefore thought it necessary to see you for a few moments previous to my departure not that i need recommend my beloved child to your care for i am well assured that you watch over her safety and her happiness as zealously as if she were your own daughter your lordship began the housekeeper in a tone of the deepest respect hush exclaimed he whom we must still call mr vernon in spite of the aristocratic title by which mrs gifford had addressed him remember that walls have ears my good friend i was about to observe to you that agnes through the amiable confidence and ingenuousness which are natural to her has allowed two strangers one a few evenings ago the other this very night to intrude themselves upon her and i tremble lest their motive be a bad one the gardener and his assistant invariably sleep in the outhouse i hope yes my i mean sir answered mrs gifford and they are resolute determined men who would not permit plunderers to enter these premises with impunity good exclaimed mr vernon did you yourself see the old man who called here the other night i did not sir replied mrs gifford but jane assured me his appearance was that of a man worn down with old age wretchedness and poverty rather than of an evil-intentioned person shall i tell your lord shall i tell you sir said the good woman hastily correcting herself what is my impression relative to that old man why sir she continued perceiving that mr vernon nodded approvingly it struck me that it might be that mr torrens who used to live here many many years ago and of whom we heard such dreadful tales shortly after your lord i mean shortly after you bought the cottage but those tales has agnes learnt them have they reached her ears demanded mr vernon hastily because they might terrify and alarm her no sir she is entirely ignorant of all the legends attached to this house was the reply and it is not by any means likely that they can reach her ears jane is a discreet good girl and would not allude to them for worlds thank god ejaculated mr vernon for were agnes to learn what we ourselves only heard after the entire purchase was concluded and you were located here 
were she to learn i say that a horrible murder had been committed in this house i would at once procure her another dwelling but you were speaking ere now about the very torrents who were so unjustly accused of that foul crime i was observing sir that i fancied the old man who called here the other night might be he for as miss afterwards told me he spoke of having lived here many years ago and of the terrible misfortunes he had endured and then he glanced round the parlour repeatedly observing in an audible though anguished tone this is the very room this is the very room and this is the room continued mrs gifford where the baronet was murdered and therefore i conclude that the old man was none other than the wretched torrens your surmises are most natural said mr vernon after a few moments reflection but who then was the old woman that came just now and yet he proceeded though i spoke of her lightly and irreverently as an old woman i am bound to admit that there was really a something about her which gave me the idea of one who had seen better days her language was especially ladylike and correct she said she had lived here many years ago and yet interrupted mrs gifford the cottage was shut up for nearly eight years after the murder and then the landlord into whose hands it had fallen and who was a widower came and resided here himself as no one would take it he occupied it until his death and then your lord and then i mean you purchased it sir together with the garden and orchard attached to it and what would you infer from all these circumstances inquired mr vernon that if the old woman really did live here many years ago it must have been during torrens time explained the housekeeper because he built the cottage and resided in it until the murder after which as i just now said it was shut up for a lengthened period now strange though it may seem an idea has likewise struck me relative to the old woman or old lady and what is your idea asked mr vernon that she is that mrs slingsby or mrs torrens who got into trouble at the same time as the husband she had just married if my conjectures are correct sir i do not think that you have any cause for apprehension in the two visits which have been paid to the cottage i congratulate you upon the shrewdness which you have displayed in dealing with the subject said mr vernon smiling and i am inclined to adopt the views which your sagacity suggests perhaps then there is really nothing to fear but of course mrs gifford you will exercise the utmost prudence and the most unwearying vigilance in regard to my darling child you know how dear she is to me you are also acquainted with the unhappy circumstances which force me to condemn her to this seclusion until she shall have attained her twenty-first year unless he added in a more measured tone death shall in the meantime snatch away that woman whom i cannot call my my lord my lord exclaimed the housekeeper in an imploring voice give not way to recollections which always excite you so painfully with me your charming agnes is safe and you are well aware that i love her as much as if she were my own child besides the deep the many debts of gratitude which i owe to your lordship hush hush interrupted mr vernon for again i tell you that the very walls have ears and i would not that my rank should be even suspected pardon me i forgot your oft-repeated injunctions on that head said mrs gifford but you must not suppose that because i am thus sometimes oblivious in your presence i ever allow a single word to slip from my tongue that may create a suspicion in the mind of miss agnes or jane and now mrs gifford observed mr vernon i have one more question to ask you has that young gentleman who once dared to ask jane to deliver a note to my daughter 
has he ventured into this neighbourhood since i must confess sir was the answer that i have seen him loitering about the cottage on one or two occasions but as he never seeks to obtrude himself upon the notice of miss agnes i have not thought it worth while nor even prudent to suggest to the dear young lady what course she ought to pursue in case he should address her besides he appears to be a gentleman in every sense of the word and i do not apprehend any rudeness on his part towards your daughter indeed he appeared much humiliated and very penitent when jane so resolutely refused to become the bearer of his missive or to receive his bribe you have acted with prudence it would be unwise to make any observation to agnes relative to this stranger under present circumstances said mr vernon were you to speak to her on the subject you must necessarily explain the nature of that sentiment which has attracted the young gentleman to this neighbourhood and to talk to her relative to the passion of love were to destroy some portion of that artless innocence that infantine purity of soul which characterises her in a word i trust my dear child to your care and discretion mrs gifford and i shall expect that you will write to me at least once a week during my absence mr vernon then wrote upon a slip of paper the address where letters would reach him in paris and having next placed a roll of bank-notes in mrs gifford's hands for the expenses of the little establishment until his return he took his departure End of section fifty four